Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the one and only worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you are having a fantastic Friday today. Staying strong and healthy as always. And if you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. Product of the week, y'all voted it won earlier this week, the B-Complex Formula, one of the best on the market. High-dose methylated B vitamins, incredibly good formula. Be sure to check it out right now on sale for product of the week. And one of the first things that I like to keep everybody updated on is making sure they're eating clean food as much as possible. And interestingly enough, the, uh, the nonprofit organization, this is really interesting. This ties back into what I tell everybody about as far as you really got to monitor what you eat, especially the packaged food, fast, or not fast food, but basically the cheap, you know, box food you see at the stores all the time. The nonprofit organization, as you so, scored 17 different manufacturers of popular products like Kraft Mac and Cheese, Green Giant Vegetables, Lunchables, Smuckers. list goes down the line. I'll go down here in a second. And basically, they wanted to look at the overall pesticide exposure and also reducing pesticides and multiple other factors that they rate all of these foods on. Now, ironically enough, out of the 17 of them, 10 of them got a full-blown F. F. So on a, on a one on a one to ten scale, as far as what they've done, they got basically zeros. That's how they rated an F. Zeros. They didn't they didn't pass one single test at all. What's interesting about this is they they go in and they look at the company trying to reduce pesticide exposure across the supply chain with the products. How much pesticides in the products? Also, too, basically monitoring pesticides of high concentration, risk reduction, transparency of what they're doing, and also, too, the company's safety of farm workers and prioritizing the health of reducing those chemicals. So that's how they rate this pesticide scale on. And ironically enough, companies such as Smuckers, like Jif, Smuckers Jelly, Lunchables, Cheez-Its, Pringles, Pop-Tarts, Dove, Mars, B&G Foods, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Great Nuts, Honey Bunches of Oats, Peter Pan, Silk Almond Milk, Kraft Mac and Cheese, Kool-Aid, Oreos, Chips Ahoy, Ritz, Del Monte Foods, Del Monte Diced Vegetables, DiGiorno Pizza, Campbell's Soup, Congrata Brands, Lamb Weston Holdings, uh, they all they all basically failed. Like fail, like 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 as bad, just about as bad as you can get. The highest rating that any of them got was Annie's Organic Mac and Cheese, and it got a C. That was General Mills. And that's Hagen Doss and Annie's, and they got a C. So it was like you know about a, like a quarter, six or a seven. That's some of the stuff. The companies that come out, these nonprofits to do this, people really need to push these research that they do and let people know about it because a lot of times people don't know because they don't hear about it. And if they're not educated to it and they're not exposed to it, they never really know the difference of what's actually in a lot of these foods. And the level of pesticide exposure that we're getting <laughs> that we're having in the foods is getting higher and higher and higher. And the thing about this is we've talked about it repeatedly, is that when you start having pesticide exposure, especially in young children, it massively increases all types of health problems. Long-term exposure to pesticides has been consistently documented and linked to chronic health issues such as cancer, asthma, anxiety, depression, ADHD. Children and unborn babies are specifically susceptible to the adverse event of pesticides. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, pesticide exposure during pregnancy leads to an increased risk of birth defects, low birth weight, and fetal death. Exposure in childhood years has been linked to attention and learning problems as well as cancer. 
Last year, the researchers at the University of California, Los Angeles, found fetuses who were exposed to four types of main pesticides were more likely to develop eye cancer. This stuff just goes on and on and on and on, and we've talked about repeatedly the stuff with glyphosate and how it's getting constantly in the food system now. So again, this is why it's really important to research the food you're eating, and I'll, I'll put this link on the website so you guys can go into more detail to it and look at the company that did the research and realize that a lot of this stuff is riddled with toxins, including pesticides, obviously, and you really want to stay away from the best you possibly can. It's like I explained to you guys earlier this week. Dad's talked about it before. The body is very resilient. It can detox itself. If it gets exposed to something in most cases in a small amount or a limited time, it can detoxify itself. You run proper supplements like N-acetylcysteine or GHI cleanse, which has N-acetylcysteine in it. The body can cleanse itself out drinking purified water, and you can detox. That's what like the seven-day cleanses for and three-day fast are really good for that. However, when you consistently expose your body to these pesticides and herbicides day after day after day after day at high volume with really, really cheap food, the body becomes overwhelmed. It can no longer process it and can no longer detoxify anymore, and it starts going into a massive inflammatory mode. That's when you start seeing people having horrible issues with their gut and their pancreas and their liver and their intestines and their digestive system, and the whole list goes on. This is why it's so important to make sure you're doing the best you can to stay away from that food as much as possible. And the truth about it is this kind of food is really easy not to eat. You simply just don't buy it. I mean I don't know anybody that's ever said, you know, ah, ever since I started eating Oreos, I've been as healthy as I've ever been in my life. Never heard that before. So a lot of these foods – Stay away from if you can and try to do the best you can, especially with your children. There's a lot of great snacks on the market that are certified organic USDA that a lot of times have much, much, much less exposure to these toxins, especially with kids. Because I know kids like to have you know chips and there's organic style Cheez-Its and a couple brands out there that Lana and I have gotten before that work pretty good and seem to be fairly clean. But again, looking at this stuff and doing the best you can to mitigate the effects as far as exposure to these pesticides and toxins is really, really important. The best you possibly can also too in other news this is a really really positive story that came out today and again it shows you what we're doing and what you're doing with us is making a difference with educating people now this article came out from the daily mail it says the cdc warns over 270,000 children that are entering kindergarten this year are unvaccinated reaching an all-time record high in the united states my response to that is kudos. I'm glad parents are waking up to this. They said more than a quarter million kindergartners are entering school without the recommended childhood vaccines with the highest number in U.S. recorded history for you, the CDC. They said data from the CDC is now showing that it, it was a 2.6% national uh, amount of kids went into the kindergarten with vaccine exemptions. They're saying now that essentially it's going up to almost three and a half percent. It's continually rising. They're saying right now it's three. It's on the trend to hit three and a half as many parents now are opting out with vaccine exemptions. Ironically enough, the state with the highest amount of vaccine exemptions for this year is Idaho. Idaho. That's, I was actually really impressed with that. 12.1% of kindergartens going into the public school system have vaccine exemptions. 12.1%, guys. That's enormous compared to what it was 10 to 15 years ago. Remember, Idaho is a pretty conservative state. They got a lot of guys up there that are retired military that don't trust what the government says for good reason. And that's where the entire incident happened with Ruby Ridge, with Randy Weaver, and that whole horrific story with the FBI and ATF descending on his property illegally. And so I guess you obviously have a percentage of population up there that's pretty staunch about this. So 
again, I wanted to really put that article out there. Again, you guys can look at it and read it more, but it was really exciting to me to see that, to realize that a lot of parents are waking up and realizing they don't have to go along with the standard norm that we're constantly being told to do all the time, where essentially inject your children into oblivion, continue to get them unbelievably sick, and then turn them back into the medical industrial complex every six months to get sicker and sicker and sicker. I've told you guys before, me, myself and all my siblings, none of us, we've all got vaccine exemptions. Dad wasn't into that. We never did it. My children, no, no, none at all. Vaccine exemptions, huge portion of my friends, vaccine exemptions. And ironically enough, all the kids are incredibly healthy almost all the time, other than a sniffle or a snot or a normal cold that kids get from sticking their hands in their mouth or something stupid like that, which kids do. There's no way to prevent that. But as far as overall health, exceptional learning abilities, exceptional. And again, I'm not just bragging on my kids. I'm bragging on other kids that their parents have also maintained their health and actually done what's best for them. So again, get the research out there. There's definitely a movement with this. People are starting to wake up and this shows you right here in the numbers. When you start seeing these numbers elevate this quickly, the parents are really starting to realize there's something strange going on and everybody needs to start asking questions. What do you think, Dan? How are you doing this morning? (laughs) Austin, I'm doing great. Doing absolutely wonderful, actually. I mean, it's been a beautiful day here. Good. I was supposed to be on with Jeff Rents last night. He moved me to the doggone 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock slot for Eastern time, which is basically, uh, you know, now since we only changed the time zone about a week ago, that kicked me in from 12 to 1. And so Todd, the producer, called me up and said, uh, you know, how do you get talked into this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm asleep. I already fallen asleep. And I said, uh, I can't do it. It's too late. And so they got another guest last night. So if you're wondering why I wasn't on Jeff last night, that's why I wasn't on a show. So just no big deal. I'll catch him next month, but I can't do that real late time slot in California because it's just, you know, I, I wasn't going to stay up until one o'clock in the morning because you know, I haven't adjusted yet to this crazy time change that they did to us a week ago again. I'll be happy when all that's over with again, too. It takes about two weeks for me to get adjusted to all that. Uh, by the way, you're absolutely right about the kids. And I'm really, really happy about the fact that they're actually posting now all the chemicals that are in all the foods. And the sad part about it is, you know, it's over 3% of these kids are going to get vaccine exemptions now, but that means that 96.5% aren't, which means they're going to get all the full vaccines. So I guess the people that are going to survive this, you know, this, uh, this, uh, this societal collapse as far as fertility problems are going to be the kids that aren't vaccinated, which to me, that's pretty good anyhow, because at least that way we know the parents are going to train these kids correctly. And hopefully we'll have enough percentage of the population left that's still alive to basically continue to populate the planet even though they're doing the best they can to get, you know, this eugenics protocol. There's an interesting article here. It's called UFOs, non-human intelligence and you. And, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is an interesting story. It says, you know, there was someone, David Copper and all the rest of about how he used to do all these crazy things. And he goes, you know, the U S government government basically is doing a circus, you know, clown show magic act. Uh, the U S government discloses UFO bombshell that we are not alone in the universe. Okay. The mere mention of aliens or extraterrestrial life is laughable to some, while to others, the valid reason is stuck up on tinfoil. But let's get serious for a moment. As Christians, we should be always prepared to give an answer, even when it comes to alien life or not human intelligence. And he quotes Matthew 24, 4 through 5, and it says, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. The subject of extraterrestrials can certainly bring deception or confusion. When approaching this topic, it's important to understand that there are a large number of people primed to accept that highly evolved species created human beings seeding our planet millions of years ago. This is what the movies have been pushing. And many of these same people also believe that aliens could be our saviors of a dying planet. 
using the CE5 close encounters of the fifth kind mentioned, founded by a prominent ufologist, Dr. Stephen Greer, which, by the way, I don't like Stephen Greer. Just gonna, I'm going to mention that because you guys keep sending me links to him. Something ain't right with the boy. He's definitely not a Christian. Something is not right with him. But I'm, that's, all, that's all I'm going to say. And some of the stuff he says is true, though. I'm going to let it go. But if he was telling all of this stuff and they're offering him all of this money, why is he still being pushed via the algorithms on YouTube? Just thought I'd ask you that. They are proactively engaging in the entities through deep meditation, mediation. And, in fact, these uh, enthusiasts are already willing to be initiated into a new age of enlightenment and higher consciousness. Now, okay, now I'm going to stop here. I'm not going to read any more of this, but I'm going to post this so you can read it. I, this is why I did Angel Wars. These things are real. The Bible talks about them. These entities that we have that are not human are real. So you can't let yourself get sidetracked and say, oh, my gosh, these entities created human beings, and they're the ones that seeded the life on this planet. That is a lie. They were created by God Almighty just like we were, but they're not humans. Don't let this group of people out there tell you that these people are going to be your savior. They're not. When you read the books that you there talk about what happened with the alien encounters that happened in 47 and continue to happen to this day, they always tell you that one common thread with these entities is they lie about everything, about everything. So you can't believe anything they say. So be very, very careful You know when you're summoning up weird stuff. You know If you're not a Christian, you're doing that kind of crazy stuff because you should not be doing it at all. I thought I'd mention that. And also be very, very careful in who you read and what they say and what they believe. Because remember, that's what Verna Von Braun said with Project Bluebeam, that they're going to come in and have a fake staged alien invasion to bring the government under the control of a one-world government. You know, and, you know, and basically Reagan said that. What would happen if we, if we were exposed to an extraterrestrial intelligence and we had to all come together you know, as one people on this planet? You know, we'd be unified. So all of this stuff is happening around us right now, and they're going to continue to push that narrative on us because that's the narrative they want. That's the narrative they want to continue to push, and they're, they're going to constantly do that. Now, the scientists have now created, a, by the way, a Frankenstein chimera. It's a monkey that actually glows green. Oh, yeah, we have the technology to do all of that stuff. The birth of a chimeric monkey with glowing green fingers and eyes may sound like something out of a horror movie, but it represents a major scientific breakthrough. No, it doesn't. They've been doing it for decades. Remember Dolly the Sheep? Researchers in China announced a long-sought birth today sharing images of the long-tailed macaque monkey whose cells are made from an embryo injected with other genetically distinct cells. In Greek mythology, a chimera is a female fire-breathing monster resembling a lion at the front, a goat in the middle, and a dragon at the back. Stem cells modified to glow green were injected into a number of embryos, those that are four to five days old, to help identify whether or not the additional cells had multiplied. The contribution of stem cells in different tissues ranged from 21 to 92 percent, the Chinese team said. This technology is old. This is 30, 40, 50-year-old technology. They've been doing it for a really, really, really long time. And they're gonna, this is what they did. This is all the fallen angel technology stuff they did back in Genesis chapter 6 where they created a, a race of humans that were half humans and half fallen angel and half you know, other entities. And God looked down on the planet and saw that what he had created was gone and that humans were no longer there and that basically they were basically a chimera, the entire planet, and he flooded the planet. And then Noah had clean seed, and he used Noah to start it all over again because Lucifer had broken the rules of engagement as he's again doing again. We talk about that in Angel Wars. So be very, very careful when you start reading this stuff and realize that these guys are going to do all they possibly can to destroy us. Now, the big thing they want to do, 
is, and I know that they're going to, I'm going to, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I'm just going to cover it anyhow. This is an article from the Burning Platform, and it's very, very good. And, and what it's talking about is, do you get it yet? And next, they're talking about how many people in the Miss Universe contest, you know, are basically white. And it says next year there'll be black men. This is pretty interesting. And they shows a picture of all of the people from Miss Iceland to Miss Ireland to Miss England to Miss Germany, Miss Sweden, Miss Norway, and Miss Italy, Miss Switzerland, you know, and Miss Netherlands. And all these people are dark complected with dark eyes and dark hair. Now, I'm not saying that they're not pretty. I'm not saying that. Now, whether they're guys or girls, who knows? Who knows anymore? But the reality is it's, it's an extinguishing of the white Western civilization. They want the white people gone, and Paul Craig Roberts talks about that you know, to the best of his ability to do that. As all of these people are doing what they have to right now as far as in these major circles, these major countries, to destroy who we are as a nation from the Western civilization. Because remember, it was the Western civilization that was the Roman Empire. It was the Western civilization that became Christian with the Roman Empire, with Constantine in 323. It was the Roman Empire that pushed the Catholic Church and the church narrative for 2,000 years. It was that group. And so they don't want that group being in charge any longer. They want to have a mestizo race, which is what they talked about way back in the 60s. All right? This is like 60 years ago in school. I remember hearing about this, and that's what they want. They want a transgender race. They want transgenders in the Miss Universe contest, which we already have. Those are the only, only the ones we know that we were disclosed that they were, they were transgenders. And we don't know how many are actually transgenders. We know that Hollywood, a lot of the actresses, including many people say Charlene Theron, are basically guys. And many people feel as though that you know Taylor Swift is a guy. And this list goes on and on and on and on. The reality is, are they guys or not? I don't know, and I really don't care because I don't follow any of these people. But all I know is one thing, that the narrative of the Hollywood group – it's as perverse to the course it possibly can get. Yesterday I was talking to Man Cow, and he's got a bunch of Jewish friends. And they're all calling him up, and they're all really upset because of what's going on in Gaza and Israel and the amount of anti-Semitism that's happening right now in the United States. And he told them, he said, look, he said, here's the deal. He says, you guys are the ones who've been pushing this liberal social system in which we open the borders up to all of these Muslims and all these people coming in from around the world. These Muslims hate Jews. So now the Muslims are here in the United States of America, and now they hate Jews here, and you guys are upset because of the anti-Semitism that Benjamin Netanyahu is, is creating by the mass slaughter of children and innocents in Gaza. He said, you should have thought about that before you opened the borders and how you promoted it all. And I thought that was pretty gutsy of Mankow to say that to these guys. But the reality is, is that is this going to get better? The answer is no, it's not. Because this is what they've wanted the whole time. Out of chaos will come a new world order, and now we're going back to Western civilization again. They don't want a country that's being controlled by a majority of white people. They don't want that. They want to have other countries come in with all of their different races, come into the United States, subvert our elections, subvert our local townships, and become basically the new majority of people in the United States who don't have the work ethic and the background ethic that we have as a white people. It used to be called the Protestant work ethic. I guess that was something they couldn't talk about anymore. That's what they taught us in the MBA program way back when, when I got my master's of business. It was called the Protestant work ethic. And what happened is it, it wasn't the Catholic work ethic. I think it was the Protestant work ethic. Now, here's where a lot of that came from. 
Germany had huge amounts of immigrants coming into the United States. They were Protestants. They were Lutherans primarily. They came into the United States you know, during the 1800s and 1900s, all the rest of the stuff. They poured into the United States. In fact, in fact, at one time, Germans were the largest social ethnic group in the United States, period, because after the Civil War, the population got decimated. This is what my grandfather came over back in like, you know, 1880, 1890 or whatever it was, Lewis, who also is named after. What happened with this is that this group came over. They were taught to work from a very, very young age. They were taught to make their beds. They were taught to, to keep clean. They, they were just, just a very strong Protestant work ethic. And they came over, and they basically built and helped build the United States of America again after the Civil War. And at one time, a lot of schools were actually teaching German and English in the schools as their primary languages. I thought I'd mention that to you guys. And the Protestant work ethic came over with a big group of these Protestants, and most of, most of them coming out of Germany, to rebuild the United States. And this is what happened as far as why we became so prosperous. And it wasn't just the Germans. There were a lot of other Protestants from other countries coming in too. Then there were some hardworking Catholics that came over too, period. And there were a lot of people that were being sold into indentured servitude who basically came into this country and they got their ship paid for. They came to the United States and they had to have seven years of slavery, indentured servitude, before they were set free to cover their passage and room and board and all the rest of the stuff. And then a lot of them moved further west. And if you, if you watch the, the movie – you know, Daniel Jake John, what was what his name? What was Last of the Mohicans? And you, and that's the theme song for this bar show, by the way. You, 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 they talk about that how they how they hacked their lives out of the wilderness after having spent seven years of indentured servitude. And this, of course, this film was shot back in you know in the late 1700s, as far as the time period it was in, right before the before the Revolutionary War, but after the French and Indian War. And what's interesting about this is that's the group of people that came in and really built the United States. Period. Just they say, I'm just blunt with you. Now, of course, they brought a lot of African Americans in who were basically sold into slavery by their own tribal leaders, but they also had people in the United States who were black who owned slaves. Just thought I'd mention that. White people owned slaves, black people owned slaves, the whole bit. Everybody was owning slaves. But the blacks were sold into slavery and into these ships that were run by the Rothschild banking cartel, I may add, by the Kabbalists out of England to come into the United States, and they built a big chunk of America. You know, as far as from the farming and the agrarian society, what they did in the South. That's a fact. I'm not going to try to dispute that. But the reality is, is this. The bulk of the population from the ruling standpoint as far as making the laws, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, were white Protestants, period. And they don't want that anymore. They can't stand that anymore, and they want to destroy it because that's the fabric of I own a gun. You're my son. We're going to go out and do target shooting. We're going to teach you how to work. I'm going to take you out when you're 10 years old, teach you how to do yard work, teach you how to dig ditches, teach you how to fix sprinklers, and teach you how to cut hedges and pull weeds. I'm going to do all of that stuff for you and teach you how to work and be a man. They don't want that. They want to bring a bunch of people in now that have been in 70, 80 years of communist indoctrination out of South America through Operation Condor, and they want to bring them into the United States to defuse the social welfare system to the point where it can no longer operate. Now, i got to stop one more time. There are a lot of really good Hispanics that are coming in from South America. I'm not going to deny that. That are extremely hard workers. You see it in the construction industry. You see it with the framers and the roofers and the mud guys, the mud masons and all the rest. And a lot of the white people now are so wrapped up in cocaine and wrapped up in opiates from the Sackler family and Purdue Farmer with OxyContin. They don't want to work at all anymore. They just want to lay around the house and live on social welfare too. So I'm not going to just pick on anybody else that comes in from another country. We have the same problem now with the white people in the United States. Sheetrock has gotten so bad in central Florida now, it's like the sheetrock mafia, and they're out of Mexico. 
and they control the pricing, control everything, and primarily every single group of people now that are hanging sheetrock are Hispanic. Well, here's the problem. If the white people are too drugged out of their brains to do sheetrock or do framing or whatever, and there are some good sheetrock guys and still some other good framers that are white, then what are we going to do from a housing standpoint? Who's going to build all the houses? But see, this is what we've run into. But the problem is, is that when these people from other countries have two or three generations here, they learn about the social welfare system, and they become just as lazy as a lot of the original people that were here because of what Lyndon Johnson did with the Great Society program, and they don't want to work anymore. And the irony of all of this stuff is, and Austin and I have talked about it, they're not requiring the migrants that are coming into the United States to take the sterilization COVID shot. Just thought I'd mention that too because they know if they can sterilize the unbelievably stupid white people that are being forced to take shots – you know, sometimes because of their jobs and they're not stupid, they're smart, but they have no choice because they're afraid they're going to lose, you know, their income and not be able to feed their family. Okay, that's that's the problem. That these, these, but there are a lot of these other. This is what I'm talking about. There's incredibly stupid white people that are voluntarily running up and getting shots. I told you the story about the guy who worked at a car dealership, and he's dead. Yeah, this is not a happy story. We went over there and we had looked at some cars. And he had told me that he had gotten like all three, the fives of the Moderna, the Johnson and Johnson, got all three shots and all the boosters. We walked out of there. I looked at Austin. I said, man, it's dead. Austin remembers this. And, and within six months, he had blood clots. Within six more months, he's dead. You know, and they still have his ashes at the dealership because nobody in his family apparently knew what to do with the ashes. They had like a memorial service for him at the dealership. The sad part about it is, is that I warned him not to do it. White guy just doesn't want to listen. Oh, I was right in line, first person in line. And how many people are like that? that? When I say unbelievably stupid, that's what I'm talking about. The same ones the other day, I was at Florentino's. I was sitting at the, you know, at the counter there, and I was basically watching a TV show, you know, watching the Florida State football game because I don't have cable here. And the lady next to me, oh, yeah, I've had all the shots. I've had all the boosters. I'll be getting all of them. And I just looked at it, and I thought, gosh, man, you don't read all media at all? I mean, what the heck? And see, that's what I mean when I say unbelievably stupid white people. And they're allowing their country to be taken away from them one step at a time. You know, Paul Craig Roberts wrote a very, very good article that's being pushed on the burning platform. It says the 1964 Civil Rights Act destroyed the 14th Amendment and resurrected status-based law. From status to contract was the way Sir Henry Maine described the emergence of equality before the law from the status-based law of the past when class distinctions determine rights. In other words, you were born noble or you were born a peasant. Today in the U.S. and Great Britain, race distinctions determine rights with people of color listen, having higher rights than white citizens who have been reduced to second-class legal status based on skin color. Alfred W. Blumrosen. Compliance Chief of Equal Unemployment Opportunity Commission made white Americans second-class citizens when, in defiance of the statutory language of the 1964 Civil Rights Act in the U.S. Constitution, he established a system of racial privileges for black Americans in university admissions, unemployment, unemployment, and promotion. Now, remember, Bloomrosen, he's a Jewish fellow again. Again, this is super liberal. The system of racial privileges Bloomrosen forced – Universities to admit black students ahead of more qualified white people, white students, and force employees to hire and promote blacks ahead of more qualified whites. And this also is with Hispanics, it's not just blacks. The call Paul Craig Roberts is saying this is about whites. Bloomrose's system of disparate rights in violation of the 14th Amendment was hidden under the term affirmative action. 
university employers and the judicial system complied with Bloom Rose's illegal and unconstitutional dictate for 58 years after more than half a century of holding back more qualified whites in order to give racial preference to less qualified minorities. On June 29, 2023, the U.S. Supreme Court banned race-based admission privileges for minorities, but as Heather McDonald wrote in the city council for the court, ruling left open ways around the prohibition. See, this is the problem that we've had. Everybody now is being based upon what color their skin is. And you think, well, this is terrible. The whites ran the country for all these decades. Let somebody else try it. Okay, let's check on South Africa, see how they're doing with that. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. You know, I'm not saying that every white person who's in politics is a good guy because they're not. You guys have heard me say it many times. A lot of them are controlled by the Masonic Lodges locally, period. But what I'm saying is this. I don't care what color you are. I could give a poop about that. I care about your qualifications and your ability to lead and get the job done, period. That's all I care about. If a person is, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, if a person's applying to a medical school and they're black and they got the same GPA, the same everything, and they get versus a white guy, whatever, get to the black guy, I could care less. Don't care. But in the event that the black guy has a 2.3 GPA and the white guy has a 3.9 GPA, don't put the black guy ahead of the white guy. Same thing with Hispanics. It doesn't have to be black. Put the person in, put the person in who's smart. I know a lot of really, really, really smart black people, and I know a lot of brilliant Hispanic people, especially the ones out of Venezuela. I mean, I know a bunch of them, and I know a bunch of really smart white people, and I know a bunch of stupid everybody's. So the reality is, is why can't we take the best person that we have if we're going to put them into a profession, into a professional school, to a professional situation, and let the United States population have access to the smartest, brightest minds, regardless of skin color? And that's what Paul Craig Roberts is saying here. He's saying that we've been relegated now to a class system based on skin color because of what this, this, this guy did back in the 60s. And he's right with affirmative action. And I saw it with me personally. I had a great GPA. And I was told by my university that I could not go into their medical program because of my skin color. It happened to me personally, to Ted Brower. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Why is that something? I've, I've taken the organic chemistry. I've gotten through this god-awful physics stuff and all the other stuff I didn't like and I didn't want to be involved in. I've got through all of this stuff, and now you're telling me because of my skin color I can't get in? Yeah, that's what they told me. And I thought to myself, this is crazy that they're doing this. And they did it legally because of this law. The sad part about it is, is that's what we've done with everything. But now, but haven't we done it now with sex, with Miss Universe? It doesn't matter what sex you are anymore. You know, if you're pretty, I guess, and you get voted in, and you've got a penis, forgive my vernacular, you've got an appendage, you know, if you've got an Alabama black snake hanging between your legs, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. I don't care what it is. Like, you know, like, you know, Michelle Obama, whatever that thing is, that, that chimera mess. You know, here's the thing. Why in the world have we subjected ourselves to this? Why have we allowed ourselves to be in a situation where we, we're confusing sexes now, confusing genders now, confusing race now? And I'm glad you asked that question. That wasn't rhetorical. Here's my answer. Just thought I'd make a little joke out of that. It's because they want the confusion. You know, that's what they want. They want everything inverted. You know, education now destroys your mind. Doctors destroy health. Attorneys destroy the judicial system. And now this racial stuff that they're doing and the sexual stuff they're doing is destroying the very fabric of society because out of confusion and out of chaos will come their new world order. Black is white, white is black, up is down, down is back. I mean, it's insanity. That's what this is. And you've got to see it. That's why the other day I was talking to Terry, a good friend of mine who's an attorney up in Tallahassee. And she says, she said, I finally started to realize that pretty much everything they've told us is a lie.
I mean, everything's a lie. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, Apollo was a lie. Everything's a lie. And you stop and you think, what the heck? You know, they tell me that I'm landing on a runway that's spinning at around 1,000 miles an hour when I fly my plane. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. I don't see the move, Earth moving. It's stationary. All of this stuff that was brought to us by Sir Isaac Newton from the Kabbalah, from the Zohar, is what we're supposed to believe. All of this stuff that we see here now on this planet is supposed to be truth. It's not. And so the irony of it is this. When are we as Christians going to stop and say, wait a minute, Jesus Christ came and he died for us. He shed his blood for us. He changed everything for us. And then he said, it is finished. When are we going to reach up and take hold of what he did and say, I received this. I don't care if you're black or white or Hispanic. Who cares what color your skin is? Why won't you get you just receive what Jesus did for you as grace? And realize that if we all pray together and forget about color and, and the affirmative action, all the crazy nonsense, and just support one another and love one another, we're going to be in better off shape anyhow. But they don't want that because they feed on the negative energy they promote and produce. And I've talked about this so much on the shows that we've done over the years. So, guys, listen to me. You lay hold of what you have been given by Jesus when he said it was finished. You lay hold of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most people don't even know what Christianity is anymore. Things a feel-good message. That you, you name it, you claim it, you get a new car. That's what they think Christianity is. They think God's a vending machine. He is not. He's the creator of the universe. He is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Remember that. You walk circumspectly with him. It's super important that you respect him for who he is. He's God. He made you. Always remember that. And always rely on the cross of Jesus and what he did. Always rely on repentance and confess your sins unto him. And realize that we're all going to sin and fall short of the glory of God. But it's by grace that is sufficient for you that we can continue to walk boldly and realize that we're Christians and we're saved by faith through grace. And we continue to walk in love with one another and support one another. That's how I see it. That's why I thank you guys for supporting Health Masters. I'm praying for you guys again. I pray for you guys all the time. To me, your family. You proved that with Sharon's funeral. My gosh. You guys were amazing with what you did, the outpouring that you gave to us as far as the flowers and the attendance of that funeral. And I just love you guys for it. And I will always be here for you, and I'll always be your family, and I will always be your friend, and I'll always be here for you when you email me. I'll always return emails. It may take a minute because i got a bunch of them, but I'm always going to return them to you unless you just send me something that you want me to look at that has no comment associated with it. I'm not going to return that. There's no point. But I love you guys, and I appreciate you. But you stand firm with the word of God. And you love one another regardless of skin color. That makes no difference whatsoever. And always stand firm for what God's done for you because guess what? He did everything for you. He gave his life for you. That's how much he loves you. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? That was an excellent segment, bud. And you're 100% right. One of the most – one of the easiest ways to control a country is divide everyone. Instead of unifying and bringing people together, it's constantly dividing, division, constant bantering, fighting back and forth. And that's what we're seeing right now being done and promoted on a regular basis. As I tell you guys all the time, it's always the new current thing you're told on the mainstream media. I have said it before and I will say it again. It's 100% accurate. You can quote me on it. When you see every single mainstream media outlet producing, saying, regurgitating the exact same thing verbatim, that is not news. That is propaganda, and that's what we've watched time and time again over the years where the same thing gets told to everyone until everybody finally just believes it to be the truth when it's a bold-faced lie. We saw that during COVID. I saw an article here now 
where this massive lawsuit has now started over a lady named Deborah Bucko who died at Mount Sinai Hospital in May 2021 from complications related to COVID-19. The lawsuit contends that the hospital refused to administer ivermectin, even those prescribed by her doctor. They claim the refusal contributed to her death. What's crazy about this, they said she was originally treated with ivermectin as her, her main uh, physician had prescribed it for her, and she basically immediately started showing significant improvement in respiratory and cardiovascular function. She required less oxygen, vasopressors, and ventilator support. She's doing much, much better. They clearly demonstrated this with her medical records as a result of the ivermectin. She was on her way to recovery. However, the lawsuit not only seeks compensation for herself, her, her husband, her two children, but also punitive damages from the hospital because what they did was they literally went on and court orders were requiring hospitals and doctors to treat patients with ivermectin, and essentially they were refusing to do it. Just flat out, they pulled her off ivermectin when she was actually recovering in the hospital. They pulled her off, and she subsequently died a few days later. They did this to tens of thousands of people all across the country, and that's what they're bringing up here in this lawsuit. This is why I've talked about it repeatedly, is that these these hospitals, they need to be sued into oblivion for this. I mean that sincerely. What they did to people and what they did for greed, because that's all it came down to. Because always remember this. They were getting paid like $15,000 in most cases from the reports that I saw for every COVID patient that came into the hospital. If they had COVID, they got like $15,000. If they basically were in their medical facility and they died, they got anywhere from like thirty-four dollars to $50,000 on top of everything else if it was from COVID. That's why you saw doctors making millions and bringing hospital revenue to insane amounts because every person – that died in a car accident, heart attack, gunshot, cancer. Everything was COVID death. I mean, I still remember the report in St. Cloud when the, the local news picked it up there because they went through the, the, the list of death and they had a motorcyclist, motorcyclist, you know, bless his heart, he got killed in a motorcycle accident, almost got cut in half, went to the hospital. They swabbed his nose COVID test post-mortem in the morgue and they said, oh, tested positive for COVID, COVID test. $30,000, bam, and they had a laundry list of situations and things like that as far as in these hospitals that they started reporting. They got hushed up super quick. This was done intentionally to monetarily incentivize the physicians in the hospitals to make sure everybody died allegedly from COVID. That's why remdesivir got brought in under emergency use authorization. The research showed from 2016 in Africa that basically ivermectin the, the, the um, remdesivir was killing the clinical trial. They were killing the participants in the clinical trial. It was killing them. They had to pull off everybody because they started going to organ failure. There was no positive upside of, of remdesivir ever. There's never been one clinical trial that showed it was actually safe to use. Yet it got a MERS use authorization out of nowhere via Fauci in March 2020, and it became standard care. That's what they called it. Standard care when you went into the hospital was remdesivir, and they started shipping it to them by the pallets. I remember I had a customer, listener, send me photos. I think I posted them on the website. They would send me these emails, and they would work, they were working in a hospital basically in the uh, delivery section, you know, as far as with products and semi-trucks and warehouse section of the hospital, and they sent me photos of it, and they were literally getting pallets. At one point, there was like six pallets of remdesivir. Just, I mean, just lined up, boom, 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 boom. I mean, they were bringing it in as fast as they could deliver it to make sure everybody got on it. And then you saw what happened. 
they killed everybody that got on it. Almost everybody I know and I've heard about. It. I only knew a few people that actually survived that stuff. And every single person that I've personally talked to that got on remdesivir is still fighting all types of health problems right now, even after they basically survived it and gotten off of it. That's how toxic that stuff was. That's why I've recommended people, if that did happen to you, you've got to start detoxing your body. You've got to start getting on the GHI cleanse and acetylcysteine and the liver support full time. I mean, that's insane. You can't come off of it for not a long time. I mean, you've got to keep your body reducing the inflammation down and cleaning out the liver and try to get the organs to basically heal themselves from that stuff. That's one of the most effective strategies I've seen with customers that have had that happen to them in the hospital and going on a full detox clinic, anti-inflammatory supplements like the turmeric and the GHI and then N-acetylcysteine and constantly cleaning their body out because that is some toxic stuff. And I'm so glad the lawsuits against these hospitals are starting to make the light of day so people realize what happened to us, what happened to America, what happened to the population, and how we were lied to because it was not a joke. Also, to another news, this is interesting. Bill Gates is funded <laughs> his entire program now to <laughs> – he wants to basically have another – 85 million girls now, the total, they want to basically vaccinate 86, excuse me, the goal is to vaccinate 86 million girls in low and middle income countries by 2025 with the HPV vaccine, which is drawing fire from critics who allege the vaccine will cause more harm than good. They went on to say here there's almost a billion dollars in investment grants from the Vaccine Alliance. The Gates Foundation co-funded Gavi, which is right along with this Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, and its four permanent board members, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the UNICEF, the World Bank, and the World Health Organization. They're all the largest donors and hold permanent seats. Oh, yeah, and Clinton Health Access Initiative also sits on the board. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And they're saying their goal now by 2025 is to vaccinate an additional 86 million girls that are under the age of 13 in countries that are low and middle income for HPV. Guys, do not listen to this sludge when they start talking about it. They've tried to do this for years. They've seen it over in India. We've seen it over Japan where they've pulled this stuff off the market because of side effects and Guillain-Barre syndrome. And essentially these girls – Going into almost menopause at 13 and 14 years old, I mean, ovarian failure, done. I mean, will not have kids again. HPV vaccine is a horrific vaccine. There's a study that came out and got released in January 21, 2020. I'll post it on the website from the Journal of Royal Society of Medicine. And the summary concluded, it said, will HPV vaccination prevent cervical cancer? Because that's the entire purpose of what they talk about. They said, we conducted a critical appraisal of the published phase three and phase two efficacy trials in relation to the prevention of cervical cancer in women. Our analysis shows the trials themselves generated significant uncertainties undermining claims of any efficacy in this data. There were 12 randomized controlled trials of Cervavax and Gardasil. The trial population did not reflect vaccination target groups due to the differences in age. The use, composition, and distant outcomes made it impossible to determine any effects on clinically significant outcomes. Yet, almost every clinical trial, their conclusion was HPV is safe and effective at preventing cervical cancer without any type of evidence to support it. When these guys dug through the 12 randomized controlled trials with this study here, what will HPV vaccination prevent clinical cancer or cervical cancer? I'm going to post this on the website. You guys can look at it and forward it, but please do your research on this. This shot is horrific for young girls. It is designed to be a sterility drug. That's what it is. I've done enough research on this. I've talked about it for years. I did a whole show on it one time back five, six years ago with the HPV vaccine. It is a sterility drug. It has never been shown to prevent cervical cancer whatsoever. All you see is horrific side effects from it. There's actually one research that I was reading about it 
And they were discussing the fact from the side effect standpoint that there was they were looking at it had like a six and a half percent side effect rate. And they said that was on the low side, that they were expecting anywhere between 10 to 15 percent severe adverse events, meaning you get 100 girls that get the shot, 15 of them are going to have severe adverse events. And that was just in some of what the trials showed. In real life studies, it's showing much higher than that when you look at the population. So please do your research on this if you've got young kids. Tell your friends and family about this. But there's going to be a massive push now apparently from this Gavi institution now that's literally – I told you it's funded, founded, and has seats from Bill and Melinda Gates, Clinton Health Access, World Bank, World Economic Forum, World Health Organization. I mean come on guys. I mean they can't tell you what they're doing anymore without telling you what they're doing. They really can't. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost a joke. And one last story before I hand it back over to Dad real quick. This is a big win, big news. Talked about it for the last year and a half now. ATF has now had pretty much a permanent injunction slapped on them from a Texas judge. The U.S. District Judge granted a nationwide injunction against the ATF's pistol brace ban, calling it unlawful. This is fantastic news. I'm so glad ATF got slapped in the face again by another judge, one of the most unconstitutional, illegal alphabet agencies that's ever existed in the United States of America, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Horrific agency, completely and totally lawless. I have no respect for them whatsoever. They need to be disbanded and dissolved, and they just got slapped in the face by Judge Matthew Kamowski. He blocked it, put a nationwide injunction against it. He said public safety concerns must be addressed in a way that are lawful. This rule is not. The nine-page decision is the latest to challenge the ATF over its rule, illegally requiring owners of millions of pistol braces to register them or face 10 years in jail. The agency said that putting a brace on a rifle that's been around for I think 12 years now these braces have been suddenly makes it a dangerous weapon and it needs to be registered by the ATF since the ATF changed its view on the brace and issued a rule a handful of courts have challenged the agency and questioned how it can overnight make millions of, of law-abiding citizens criminal and now essentially this judge has slapped a full injunction on him uh, the US Supreme Court now will have to hear this eventually however many experts are saying that influence of this pistol brace challenge is most likely going to have big implications on maintaining that the pistol braces are not illegal along with bump fire stocks because again ATF as I explained to everybody they are there to enforce laws that Congress enacts ATF never had the authority to come in and start arbitrarily determining certain things now change 10-15 years later after they were completely legal ATF said they were legal Congress said they were legal nobody questioned it and then ATF suddenly wakes up in a bad mood one day they go over to their bad ideas factory that they go to every single day and they say you know what we've got nothing to do so we've got to try to criminalize like 100 million Americans now so let's just make pistol braces illegal overnight because I mean, quite frankly, we've got to justify our own existence. We have nothing else to do with our lives, so we'll do that. And they tried, and they've now failed, and they're going to be a laughing stock again for what they are. And so, again, I'm glad to see this push. Gun Owners of America and multiple other gun support groups have been fighting against this like they should, and a lot of Americans and patriots as well have been fighting against this. So, again, big win. Proud to see it. Continue to keep up the fight, my friends. What do you think, Dad? You know, Austin, every, every time the ATF gets a black eye, I love it. And, uh, you know, the problem is, remember who gave them the authority to do this? That was Donald Trump. Yeah, I know. You, 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 no, no, nobody needs to let him off the hook for this. I mean, he's the one who did this. And, uh, you know, and so I, to me, it's like a, a, a giant mess 
basically, you know, he got himself, he got us involved in. I mean, oh, and, oh gosh, I still have evangelists that are still promoting him. And I, I just sit back and I just laugh at them. I'm like, what is wrong with you? He's not running the country out of Mauro Lago. He's on trial for, for his, basically uh, his professional life now, if you can believe any of that nonsense. And, you know, and, and people are always asking, well, do you think Donald Trump has a chance to win the election? And my response is, why do you say stuff like that? They're going to have whoever, whoever, whoever they want to win the election is going to win the election. The entire last election was completely and totally fraudulent. It was hacked. And until we have, you know, a correct amount of voting machines come in and proper election integrity, they're going to put in whoever they want to put in. It doesn't make any difference. And the problem is these democratically controlled states, they don't want to change the election status. They don't want to put in decent machines that work that can't be hacked because they want to continue to do what they're doing for the narrative because they're controlled by the communist socialist, Marxist, Frankfurt School ideology, which came into this country almost 100 years ago. That's the group that runs the country, and these guys are the Kabbalist, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan group. And so why would they possibly give us legitimate voting machines when they can control the elections? I mean, we have 20, what, 20 million more votes than we had registered voters last time, and it was almost all for Biden. We all saw what happened in the middle of the night and how the whole thing shifted like at midnight. It was nonsense. They gave the election to Biden. That's in my opinion. That's in everybody else's opinion who knows what's happening. That's what the whole January the 6th, you know, protest was about. We saw how that worked out for everybody that went up there and is still in jail, you know, basically, you know, you know, you know living, you know, a life of just un- unbelievable nightmare in this, in this place. All of this stuff is who we have become in the United States is we've lost the rule of law. It is what it is. By the way, there's another article from the Washington Post if you want to quote this whacked out group. A nation at risk of winter blackouts as the power grid remains under strain. The nation's power grid faces a sharp risk of buckling in the event of major storms or prolonged cold snaps this coming winter, according to the regulator that monitors the electricity system, with much of the country threatened with outages triggered by severe weather. A sweeping portion of the country that extends from Texas to the Canadian border is not adequately equipped for tough winter conditions. The North American Utility Reliability Corporation warned in a forecast release on Wednesday. The report is a sobering assessment of a power grid that continues to fray and suffer from underinvestment despite promises by politicians and regulators to shore it up following the deadly blackouts in recent years. Now, I read this for a specific, for a specific reason. Let's make more electric cars. Yeah, that's, 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 just, that's just, you know. <laughs> no, Austin, this is stupid. Okay? We got a power grid. I mean, I, I talked to my Chevrolet dealership, my Stingray buddies over there the other day. They're having to spend this huge amount of money to put a power station in with other, you know, with a whole, they, they can't, it's going to cost a boatload of money to put in a bunch of charging stations because the grid can't handle it. So what do we do here? Do we, do we just continue to build more electric cars on a grid that's already maxed out to plug in? And that's what's so stupid. And that's what's so stupid with these cars. Let me just, let me just, let me just, just fuss for a minute. If we were running on solar power and we were running on wind power and we were running on the power in the ether that Tesla talked about as far as electromagnetic power, and we can charge things that way and charge giant solar batteries and all the other things. And we were using that to feed into the electric grid to charge solar vehicles. OK, but we don't. We're burning coal. We're burning fuel. We're burning diesel. We're burning natural gas. We're burning so many things that also pollute to create the electricity. What difference does it make if you're plugging into a coal-burning power plant to charge your car up if you're not burning fossil fuels and we're burning coal? It doesn't make any sense. That's the problem with the entire premise of the electric vehicle. It still requires electricity, and it it requires charging. Now, the hybrid cars. 
I'll give him kudos on that. You know, as much as I dislike the Prius, oh, God, I, that car nauseates me, okay? But not as bad as the Teslas, though. I love pulling in front of Teslas. But they don't, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go there. But I, I do it safely. I just like but, – but, 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 but the hybrids, the Prius, that ugly thing, that, that just – oh, God, it's just such a, it's such a, such a fairy car, F-A-I-R, fairy. It's like a girly mom's car. It nauseates me. I remember I had a friend of mine who was a college professor. Years ago, he was going to either get a choice between a BMW and a Prius. And I looked at him. I said, dude, don't do the Prius. Don't do the Prius. The Prius is a girly man's car. Don't do that. So he gets a Prius. And about 1 o'clock in the morning, he calls me up. And his Prius dies on the side of the road. I cannot believe it. He calls me up. And I, I mean, we have to go over there. I think Austin was with me. We have to go over there with him to try to get the Prius towed back to the Toyota dealership because it just quit on the side of the road. And I looked at him and I said, dude, what are you thinking, man? His name's Charles. I said, what are you thinking? Why are you, why are you driving this? You had a choice between this and a BMW? I mean, what the heck? But when they do run, they charge themselves and you run on battery power or you can plug them in sometimes too and charge them. Okay, that's a pretty good set. Of, that's a pretty good deal there because when it starts running low, you know, it goes back to the gasoline engine or, or, or it charges itself to get the batteries charged. That's pretty good technology that they've worked on. I mean, Lamborghini and Porsche came out with some really good examples of that to be able to do all that. And, of course, now Porsche is coming in with all these all-electric vehicles because they want to be green. Nonsense. And then they, then they got – it's so funny. I drove one the other day. I think it was a Tacan. I can't remember. And uh, it was all-electric. And it was quick. I mean, it was nauseatingly fast. I mean, it was, just, it was nauseatingly fast, actually. And what they did, though, they had a little tape player or little digital recording going underneath the seat or wherever it was, making the noise like it was a real engine. <laughs> oh, my God. Joking me, man. We got, we got to pump noise into the car, and, 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 and Austin was with it. It was, it was ridiculous. And, and I thought to myself, just give me a give me a give me just a regular flat six. I like those cars. They're quick. Those little nine elevens. They're fast little things. And, but but don't give me one that's got to have a little noise maker in it. So you think you actually have something that's macho? It's ludicrous. But that's that's what I'm saying. But I read this article, Austin, and it said it said risk of winter blackouts as the power grid remains under strain. As we continue, they should have added the caveat as Tesla continues to produce hundreds of thousands, not millions of vehicles. As we continue to damage the power grid even more and more and more, ludicrous. Guys, you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I love you guys. Kind of a funny show today, I guess. Sort of. Some of it's pretty talk. Some of the stuff we're talking about is pretty rough today. But I love you, and I appreciate you too. Thanks for spending time with us. I really feel like I know you really well now. I think you know us pretty good, too. I had a friend come over the other day, and she goes, man, you guys are exactly like you are on the show. You know, I said, well, we don't, we don't, we're not phonies. That's a fact. You may like us or you may hate us, but it doesn't make a difference. We're always the same. <laughs> I love you guys. You stand firm with Jesus. You put on the full armor of God, and you stand your ground all the days of your life. Also, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Yeah, you're spot on, man. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna go electric and you're just gonna own that, I mean, just get your little electric golf cart car and just you know know that it's electric. But you can't can't be pumping exhaust sounds into it. That's just that's embarrassing. I saw Dodge do that the other day. They came out with their concept Challenger because you know they're getting rid of the big V8 Hellcat motor because it's you know too much power, too too manly, I guess. So they come up with this electric Challenger and they're revving it up as they're pulling it out. And it's they had speakers outside of the car. Like underneath the car, you know, then I was just like, guys, stop, stop it. It's embarrassing. <laughs> like, just stop. If you're going to, you're going to go that route, just go that route and own it. I don't like it. I'm not going to, but just own it. If you're going to own it, don't try to pretend it's something that it's not. But I mean, it's the truth about it is that's why they want to get these systems out there. 
They know the electric grid cannot absolutely under any circumstances handle this. We cannot handle 70, 80, 90% of the vehicles on the road being electric. It's impossible. It cannot be done. Now, with any type of normality with the infrastructure, I mean, you were talking tens of trillions of dollars. And on top of that, how are you going to produce it and stay continually green to keep up with it? It, it's in, it doesn't make sense. The math doesn't math. And on top of that, they already shown that the amount of pollution from producing these vehicles with the lithium battery mines and all the production costs all the way through the end, not to mention the cars weigh so much they burn through tires two and three times faster as far as in a normal, like, say, Honda Civic or something that would be comparable. And so there's no upside to this except the control aspect of being able to have these kill switches and control how much power you can charge and how many miles you can get and range you can get. That's the entire purpose of what they're doing with this. So, again – Stay strong, my friends. The decline of the EV demand is happening rapidly now. The resale on them is happening very, very poorly. So stay out of that market if you're trying to make sure you save your money in a decent vehicle. Continue to keep your mind strong, your body strong, and make good decisions. There's a lot of weird stuff going on right now in the markets. So I've told a lot of people, be cautious as far as with these super high interest rates with houses and stuff right now. I had a buddy asked me, he was talking about selling his house and getting another one. He's got a ton of equity and it made him great amount of equity. He's done well, but he's locked in at like a 2.9 mortgage. And I told him, I said, I said, it's your call, man. I said, but I said, place you got still nice. You got a ton of equity in it. I said, I'd probably just work on chopping it down and pay it off. I said, then you got nothing. I said, but this right now, going and getting a mortgage for seven, eight, nine percent. I said, I, I'd probably just hold off on that right now until you start seeing what the markets are going to do a little bit more. So again, not giving you financial advice. Everybody has to make their own decisions, but if you are, make sure you're using wisdom because the markets are strange right now. So you guys have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend, my friends. Be sure to check out the Ultra Multiple Powder, still on sale right now for over fifteen percent off, and the B Complex product of the week. You voted it won. Methylated B vitamins massively helps out with energy, with adrenal function, and mental acuity. On sale for over 10% off right now with the B Complex. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy yourselves, and I'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.